Hi, this is Sean Perrin, and you're listening to episode 58 of the Clarinet Podcast, the show where I discuss all that's new and neat with clarinet with the neatest people in the industry. In today's episode of the podcast, I'm joined by the inventor of the innovative Rejuvenate product named John Mackey. He also happens to be a biomedical researcher at the University of Alberta. We discuss the design, features, and benefits of his product, some of the science behind why and how it works, including some rather disturbing experiments that show just how gross your reeds really are, and how it will help you get longer-lasting, ready-to-play reeds and stay healthy at the same time. For a chance to win your very own Rejuvenate, simply enter your email address at clarineet.com. I draw the winners for prizes mentioned on the podcast randomly from this email list, and if you really want to make sure you have a chance to win, be absolutely sure to add sean.parin at clarineet.com to your contacts list after you've subscribed. This will guarantee that if I do try to reach you about a giveaway, that it doesn't go to your junk folder, which would be really unfortunate. Just one quick announcement today, and that is I'm very excited that Clarinet is trending on a website called podcastland.com. They're accepting votes for featured podcast of the month, and we're currently about 30 or 40 votes ahead of any other podcast at this time. If you're listening to this podcast episode and it's still within the month of June 2017, please head to clarineat.com slash vote to vote for Clarineat as your favorite podcast. Of course, while you're there, you might also want to check out the Podcast Land website. They're featuring all sorts of different content from all sorts of genres, and they've organized a bunch of different podcasts in by category. I think it actually aggregates most podcasts on there. So definitely a site worth checking out. That's podcastland.com. And to vote for Clarinet, go to www.clarinet.com slash vote. Today's episode was brought to you by our backers on Patreon and, of course, our sponsor, Diderio Woodwinds. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's interview. Sanding, shaping, balancing. For centuries, mastering your instrument meant mastering these crafts, too. But now, D'Addario is refining craftsmanship for the 21st century by refining their reeds and mouthpieces with the world's most innovative techniques, so you can spend less time sanding, shaping, and balancing, and more time perfecting your own craft. To learn more about the new era of craftsmanship from D'Addario Woodwinds, visit D'Addario.com woodwinds. So I'm here today with John Mackey, who is the founder of the Rejuvenate system uh, from Edmonton, Alberta. Thanks for coming on the show today, John. Uh, good morning, Sean. It's my pleasure to be here. So before we dive into your really interesting read case and some of its features and benefits, um, I first wanted to ask, how did it come into being? You're a biomedical researcher. Would you, would you sort of walk me through what a week is like for you and how on earth you came to develop this product? So, yes, I work at the University of Alberta. I'm a uh, medical doctor. I am a cancer physician at the Cross Cancer Institute. But I see patients about half of the week, and the other half of the week I spend in the lab trying to figure out new and better ways to treat cancer with, with drugs and devices. So basically all of my training is towards trying to solve problems and, and figuring things out and then applying them in the real world. 
but of course, that's it's a busy time. It's kind of a stressful job, and and for me, the ability to decompress by playing music with my friends is a huge, huge, wonderful part of my life. So, I've had the fortune of playing with uh, a wonderful big band that is here in Edmonton called the River City Big Band. And uh, I've been spending a lot of time uh, woodshedding because I'm actually one of the weaker links in the band. Uh, the The rest of them are mostly professionals, and I'm one of the the few amateurs that's uh, struggling to keep up. So, <laughs> basically, I was I was spending you know ten twelve hours a week uh, practicing, and I was going through huge numbers of saxophone and clarinet reeds every month. I was uh, blowing you know forty or more dollars a a month on reeds, and this. This bothered me. Being being Scottish, being intrinsically a, a cheapster, it struck me that I'd like to get to the bottom of why these reeds were breaking down. So anyway, I took that question, I took it to the lab, and developed a solution that worked for me, and, and we decided to commercialize as uh, Reed Juvenate. So many clarinet products are sort of designed in one's garage. So this one was actually designed and sort of experimented in a university research lab? Well, yeah, after hours, I, and, yeah, yeah. and actually in my basement, I, I'm a bit of a science nerd, so I've got <laughs> microscopes, and I've got, you know, Petri dishes, and I've got uh, hydrometers, and I've got, you know, very sensitive scales to determine weight, uh, read weight and humidity, and uh, I've also got a little tonometer that tests how strong uh, a read will resist pressure. So I was able to, to fiddle around for quite a bit in the lab to figure out First of all, why reeds were breaking down, and then I tried a bunch of solutions to, to try to prevent that from happening, and we actually found one that worked. So if it's not proprietary, would you walk me through a couple sort of experiments that led you to conclude this was a not only a great design, but a good idea? Oh, certainly. Well, so the foundation of, of Rejuvenate is actually science. And uh, reed cane is essentially uh, a type of wood fiber. And uh, it, that means it's uh, made up of proteins uh, that, uh, in particular, uh, have strength that you'd like to preserve. And it turns out that uh, after reading a lot about wood degradation, uh, it was very clear uh, from the reading I had that for wood out in the environment, it was the wet-dry cycle combined with microbial growth, uh, bacteria, but particularly fungi, so yeasts and molds, that actually give off a, a class of enzymes called cellulases and they, these break down the cellulose protein that, that provides the integrity and strength of a cane reed fiber uh, and provides you know the, the physical characteristics you need for a reed to perform well so i read about this and then i had to confirm that that in fact was happening to to reeds and and the way i always handled reeds is how I'd been taught as a youngster. I would, you know, wet my reed with saliva or water, and then I would allow it to dry on a on a flat surface, often a glass plate, uh, and then, you know, rehydrate when it was time to use again. And uh, even with, you know, very care, careful attention to reed care, I, I found that uh, reeds were breaking down. It turns out when I took those reeds and cultured them in Petri dishes, it was very clear that uh, that the germs that we all have in our mouth, which includes bacteria and yeast, were a major contributors to the breakdown of the reeds. So if I was able to sterilize uh, the reed, uh, it would last and be stronger using this tonometer test. It would last, you know, four to eight times longer uh, simply because of the, the sterile conditions. And in addition, the wet-dry cycle uh, contributed about a third to the rapidity of the reed breakdown. So... 
I, I, you know, I've, I had all these data that I had generated in in my basement lab after hours, and uh, <laughs> uh, and with you know uh, with some expertise and and consultation with some really bright people at the University of Alberta, and then I started thinking, well, what what can we do to prevent this? Well, you know, the first thing we can do, well, keep humidity stable, right? it would stop the, the wet dry cycle that puts stresses on the fibers. So of course, that means you have to keep it at a constant humidity. But the problem was, if you humidify a reed, uh, it, it tends to become moldy, and then you've lost any benefits you might have gained. So, you know, there are many ways to suppress mold and yeast. But but the key of it, a point is that uh, yeast uh, dyes, it's very sensitive to ethanol, to alcohol. Hmm. So uh, ethyl alcohol, so ethanol, is actually the key chemical component that makes the reed juvenate system work. So what we've decided to do is, you know, at first I would, you know, store these in, in reagent grade alcohol and they lasted for a long time. But it isn't a good commercial solution because uh, it's expensive, um, you know, 100% reagent grade alcohol. And uh, of course, a lot of musicians are, are students and, and children and you, you can't advise them to go out and get, you know, <laughs> 200 proof moonshine uh, to store their reeds. So uh, I was looking around for pot potential solutions and then it turns out that original formula Listerine, so it has to be the, ye the yellow original formula Listerine, has 27.8% ethanol in it. So uh, we reduced the amount of ethanol down to that, found that it seemed to work beautifully. Uh, we swapped over to original formula Listerine and uh, found that the reed performance and longevity uh, was much, much improved. So, okay, so we had a, a solution in theory, but there was no real way to make it practical and scale it up. Um, you know, I had Petri dishes and I had uh, big plastic containers uh, but we wanted something that was useful. So that's when we went into design mode and we came up with what is now the uh, re rejuvenate design. So this opens up about, oh man, maybe a hundred questions that I have now. Um, before we move on to the design, I just sort of want to expand on a couple of those points. So first of all, you're saying that the reeds break down simply by drying and becoming wet again. Is that correct? And it, yeah, it, it wouldn't combine with the yeast and things in your mouth? Well, it's a, there are two factors that are involved, but the wet-dry cycle alone is enough to break wood down. So if you've got plywood outside or your, your deck uh, and it gets wet and it gets dry, wet and dry, just the expansion of the wood uh, and the contraction uh, physically disform, uh, you know, deforms the material and it, it breaks down the reed. That's, that's one component. It's about a third of the problem according to our tonometry tests. And so the other issue then is that so we can keep them wet with, there's other reed cases that do offer the sort of uh, the moistening. But the thing is, is that I like about this one is that the Listerine is actually taking care of the bacteria and the yeast that's on there. And I wanted to ask you this, you know, as someone who's dealing with healthcare, do you think that there are health benefits to not having that yeast and, and mold and things on there? I mean, this winter I had a horrible, horrible winter. I had strep throat several times and I only resolved it actually by tossing on my reeds and uh, starting afresh, which of course was not the greatest. And some people say, oh, you can't catch the same thing twice or whatever. But I'm pretty sure that sticking a you know, disgusting, old, smelly <laughs> reed into your mouth, even if it's well taken care of, like it just seems like a bad idea. So what, what do you think the health benefits are of this, if any? 
Well, I agree. I mean, when I put on my my medical doctor hat, I, I went and looked through all the literature on this. And in fact, there are a fair number of publications where uh, people have a higher rate of infection if you're a reed or woodwind player. So brass players and clarinet, sax, oboe, bassoon players actually have more respiratory tract infections than than drummers and string players. Yes, so I believe that, that 100%. Yeah. And, and so there's data on that. It's not fully explained, but the most likely issue is the hygiene that one has when one plays a, a woodwind instrument. In addition, there have been cases where people have developed allergic reactions to the mold in their in their mouthpieces and reeds, and it causes a, syn, a syndrome that's basically pulmonary uh, hyper-eosinophilic uh, respiratory disorders. And, and so you can get medical conditions from allergies to the molds. And and there are case reports of woodwind musicians that only got better after they dropped playing their, their woodwind instruments simply because of the contamination of the reed with, uh, with yeast that was pathogenic. Well, this is what was interesting to me is that, so I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but in mid-January, I had a severe injury on my hand and uh, I couldn't play for about 10 weeks. And, you know, maybe I should have kept up my chops by just blowing on my mouthpiece or something, but that's a pretty boring thing to do. Um, so I, I didn't. And through that time, it's funny because my hand was sore, of course, but I didn't have any sort of respiratory problems, which I normally have in the winter. As soon as I picked up my clarinet again, I was sick for about six weeks. And it got me thinking that something like this would be a, a really fantastic idea. So what did you find on the Petri dish then? Because this has been an experiment I've wanted to run before is to swab my reeds and see all the gross stuff on there. But <laughs> Well, if, if you're actually that interested, we we have pictures of some of the things we've grown. Oh, please uh, on share reeds. with me, yeah. Uh, well, I can I can send them to you, but they're also on our website. If you go to www.readjuvenate.com slash science, uh, it, it actually gives the scientific uh, background behind it. And yeah, there's some gross Petri dish uh, pictures where we just basically took a standardly played reed, and, and these are—I hate to say it—these are my reeds, and I'm I'm pretty <laughs> fastidious about oral hygiene and keeping things clean. So I was uh, a little surprised myself when I saw how quickly uh, various things grew, and and certainly we see yeast uh, of various species grow, and and the microbial flora in the mouth uh, uh, grow on reeds as well as as microbes that we don't normally find in high quantities in the mouth. I think there's something about having that dry, colder environment that other species we don't normally see growing uh, in the mouth are also being uh, cultured from the reeds. So, yeah, it's it's an issue. And I think, you know, if you do good mouthpiece uh, cleaning as well as keep your reeds uh, sterile, uh, I think you're more likely to, to have uh, fewer uh, upper respiratory tract infections. Yes. Absolutely. So, and, and with mouthpiece cleaning then, I mean, that's getting away from this product, but how would you recommend one properly sterilize their mouthpiece? Well, you know, I've... I've never done any work on that specifically. I've just always used this sterosol solution. Yeah, that's what I have it's too. This, so this pinkish stuff that I picked up at the local music store, and I just use that, and I assume it works. It it's got the right stuff in it to to kill germs. The the problem is you can't put that on a reed. Uh, first of all, it tastes mm -hmm. horrible, uh, and also it doesn't. Um, it actually interferes with the with the strength of the reed. It was one of the substances we tried uh, when we were looking for solutions. So it actually isn't good for reeds at, at prolonged exposure. It's great for mouthpieces, but it's not a reed sterilization solution. 
Well, I tell you, I'm going to take this all a little more seriously now and sort of see, sort of contrast it to my <laughs> previous experience. And, um, you know, the one thing I always tell students too, when I'm first starting is, you know, we start in band at the beginning of the year and I sort of say like, look, you wouldn't drink from the same glass of water all year long. Right. So that's why you want to wash your mouthpiece every couple of weeks, at least, you know, um, no one would put a glass on their bedside table and just use it forever. Um, so why do we just stick the clarinet in our mouth day after day, month after month, sometimes year after year without ever cleaning it? It's bizarre. <laughs> yeah, you're absolutely right. But again, the problem many students have is they, they don't listen to good advice. That's why they're that's yeah. why they're children. That's why they're students. So uh, in my experience, uh, you're more likely to get them to do the right thing if you make it simple and easy for them. And and so that's why we put so much effort into actually designing the Rejuvenate to be really simple to use. And and the, one of the really nice things for band teachers is the reeds are always ready to go instantly. You don't have to hydrate them uh, at the start of, of your session. So, you know, you can swap a new reed on uh, in, in a matter of 10 seconds and they're all ready to go instantly. So you don't lose the upfront time in rehearsal. So yeah, I, I agree that the design is pretty uh, simple to use once you get it. Um, it is a totally different reed case. How did you come up with this sort of vertical storage system? It's almost like a, for those who've never seen one, it's sort of like a, um, almost like a pill bottle or an old film camera case with a sort of lid that screws on sort of a lanyard on it. So I guess you could carry it on your your neck if you're, while you're moving your instrument around, perhaps. And then there's actually a magnet on the side, which this is probably the most compelling feature, actually, which holds them all upright on your music stand. So they're all easily accessible, and they sort of just sit down there in the Listerine while they're waiting to be, to be played. So this is pretty, I don't want to say it's radical, but it's pretty different than the typical flat piece of glass. So what was the logic behind this? Well, we started from the science. So we we knew that reeds had to be kept moist. So that meant an airtight container of, of some fashion. Uh, we needed to have a system wherein we could uh, evaporate the Listerine. So we wanted a, a system wherein there was a, uh, a sponge that you could keep wet with Listerine. And the, the ethanol vapor would allow you to humidify the reeds without having them soaked in Listerine uh, entirely, where I personally found they were overhydrated. Mm -hmm. So it allowed us to fine tune the humidity just by using uh, the sponge and, and how much fluid you kept on the sponge. And then we wanted a system that would be uh, convenient. And so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of design that allows uh, things to be simple and easy. And so we and we and, and ideally we wanted a a system that would be inexpensive enough that students would want to buy this so we had to come up with a a parsimonious uh, solution and, that, and and we went through a number of designs but we be began from the ground up and uh, what you've got now what we market now is basically our fifth iteration we've been gradually improving the design over time so what we start with is the outer case, and so this is a this is a a, a waterproof case with a waterproof gasket. So uh, we wanted something that would never leak. Uh, you know, we've, people have instruments that are worth tens of thousands of dollars sometimes, and uh, and certainly thousands. And and of course, you don't want your container that contains a fluid to be leaking. We wanted it to be small so it could fit inside the case, or it could go on the airplane. We didn't want it to contain more fluid than was allowed by the uh, the transport regulatory authorities, or else it could stop people from you know getting through customs. Smart. Uh, yeah, and we wanted it. And I, I'm a big fan of of magnets because I, I, you know, I like having things close at hand. 
Uh, and so eventually we hit on uh, this system wherein we have a a, a latex coated magnet that's actually inside the case and it just sort of snaps on to anything that's nearby that's metal. So, you know, most Manhasset stands, for example, uh, well, they are all, all the Manhassets are, are perfect. You just put your rejuvenate right in front of you and, and it's within arm's reach at all times. Or some people prefer to put it on the chair leg uh, oh, of yeah, their performance chair. Uh, but, but nonetheless, it's, it's, it's there and it's convenient and, and it's really handy when you have to swap something in and out. Uh, then we wanted to, to basically have a system wherein, uh, it was color coded so you could remember which read was which and, you know, being in North America and our biggest customer being the U S we decided to go with red, white, and blue, uh, as the internal clips. So we have three clips. Uh, that snap together to give us a triangle shape in the middle. And we've got a recurved bar on them that allows you to store uh, your reed uh, under, under you know, a little bit of compression there. Uh, and it also allows an additional three shims to be placed outside that central uh, feature to allow a total of six reeds, uh, six clarinet reeds to be stored uh, within this case. Yeah, it's so worth and mentioning that it holds three bass clarinet or six clarinet reeds, correct? Yes, absolutely. And if you also double on saxophone, uh, the design we have is a one-size-fits-all. So you can put six soprano sax, uh, you can put three alto, three tenor, three berry, uh, and even three bass reeds in a rejuvenate as well. Yeah, you know, I I think it would work too to go like, you know, four clarinet reeds and two bass clarinet reeds, or one bass clarinet reed, I guess, because that one you couldn't use the little shim for the bass. Exactly. Yeah, so, you could you could absolutely do that. So two and, and two even though, two clarinet, two bass clarinet. Yeah, it's good for doublers. Yeah, and for most of my customers, they say, well, I keep my, my number one read in red, and my number two is white, and my number three is blue. So that, you know, on a dark bandstand uh, during a performance, you, you know, you, you can basically remember which read is which. You don't have to look at any fine print or any, anything fancier than that. So it's got, it's got the color coding as well. Well, that's so smart, too. I mean, you put a lot of thought into this. And one of the things that I do love about a lot of read cases is they have the little number. But the problem is, just like you say, you're in a dark concert hall or even an orchestra pit or something and you go to find read number two and you're looking at which side does it start on I, I can't see those tiny little numbers you know so this is just sort of hanging on your stand I just tried actually it, it fits on a mic stand as well it does fit on my chair leg my desk leg uh, my MacBook Pro <laughs> it fits <laughs> on everything wow so um it's such a little cool idea the the little shims once they're in there are they meant to stay in there or should they be sliding out when the read slides out yeah, they they it's a tight space to get six um, soprano reeds in, uh, or a, a six clarinet reeds in. So uh, you know we it is a little bit tight, and when you pull it out, the, the shim might come up a, a little bit. It's not glued down. This mm -hmm. is meant to be mobile, so you can pull it out and clean them uh, every once in a while if you if you feel like it. Uh, but at the end of the day, um, you just just push it down in with your thumb if it if it does uh, migrate a bit when you pull your reed out. So you raised an interesting thought there. How often should the rejuvenate itself be cleaned or sanitized in some way? Yeah, well, we've done swabs of these things, and they're sterile. Oh, wow. So, even after uh, months of use? Well, even after a couple of years. Oh, so, my God. yeah, I, I don't think it's a big issue. Um, but, you know, I am 
a big believer in, in hand washing and hygiene and such. But mm-hmm. uh, actually, what I what you simply have to do is make sure that the sponge is wet with Listerine. Uh, you know, I do it monthly. Uh, I suppose if you were in a very dry climate and you left the cap off, you might have to do it more frequently. But really, it is meant to be sealed, and and once a month seems to be more than enough to keep your uh, central sponge wet, and the the interior remains sterile. So there's no need to to actually wash it. Wow, that's amazing. You know, one thing I was just thinking about, um, because you'd mentioned that the drying and the, the re-wetting of the, the wood or the cane, I guess, tends to break it down. But our saliva, isn't that naturally going to break down the reeds anyways? Is that kind of a problem we can't get around with any product? Uh, well, actually, saliva doesn't c- carry cellulase. So the, the key enzyme here is something called cellulase, which, you know, we don't digest wood. So unlike a cow uh, or a termite, when we take a chomp of, of uh, plant material, we actually can't break it, uh, break it down and utilize the part of the wood fiber that is the main strengthening component of a reed. Mm. So actually the salivary amylase, we have things that will break down starch, we have things that will break down sugars, uh, but it's not actually saliva that is, that is really a major problem. Uh, it's actually the fact that bugs grow on the reed as soon as we take it out of our mouth. Ah, so this will really solve all the problems. Wow, you thought of everything. <laughs> well, I'm not sure we, we thought of everything, but we stumbled on a solution that covered all the bases that we could we could read about or discover ourselves. And, and okay, the, the bottom line is being cheap, I'm very happy about the fact that I don't have to buy reeds anymore. Basically, I it's been a couple of years since I've had to buy a box of reeds because they last so long now. And they're reliable, which is really handy. You know, you know that the reed is going to perform the same on Thursday that it did on Saturday. It, they just just are stable in a way that I'd never had experience with before. Well, I have to admit, for listeners, I've, I've given this a bit of a half-baked attempt here because I found that the Listerine that I had was not the proper one, and I was kind of too afraid to use it. Um, I have found, or so I've been told, that if you use normal Listerine, the scented kind, um, it's kind of a, I think the sugar, can it cause molding or something? Is that what the, the, the oh, fear is? Yeah, absolutely. The The only way that this would work uh, is if you're using the original formula Listerine. This is the yellow stuff. If it's any other color, if it doesn't have alcohol in it, uh, if it doesn't, if it has something called sorbitol, which is a sugar that germs love, uh, you, you know, this isn't going to work. So if you can't get your hands on original formula Listerine, uh, it, you know, it's got alcohol in it. So some pharmacies keep it behind the counter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you're, if you're having trouble sourcing it, uh, you know, I have a lot of, a lot of customers that write to me and they say they just use vodka, um, and they just wet the sponge with vodka and they're very happy with the results. Now we haven't done testing with vodka in the lab, so I can't swear that it works exactly the same, but I think the principle is very similar. But, but if you can get your hands on original formula Listerine and you don't need much, you, you know, a hundred mils will last you a couple of years at least, uh, then, you know, you'll be, you'll be fine. Yeah. It's important to note that they're not soaking in Listerine. It's just a bit on the sponge or a little bit in the bottom, which you would then pour out. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm using it just with a little bit of water. It does seem to keep them moist, but I really hadn't considered to the great extent that the the, the Listerine and the alcohol was so important and, and not to mention health wise. So I'm going to go out this afternoon and try and try and find some of that. One question about the vodka. Has anyone had problems with, uh, you know, cause that would maybe constitute being open liquor depending on which state or 
I don't know. It'd be pretty. You'd be pretty far well, pressed or pretty far fetched to. <laughs> well, it know. might be an issue if you're carrying vodka around if you're a student. So again, one of our considerations yeah. when we made this system was we had to make something that was middle school friendly. And you know, so I get letters all the time from band directors, and they just first of all they love them. They buy them in bulk because they're actually responsible for providing reads to their students, and this has greatly reduced their bill. So they just have a big bottle of yellow Listerine at the front of the class and have everybody just recharge, uh, you know, when they need to. And it takes about 10 seconds. You take the cap off, you pour, you know, a couple of milliliters of Listerine into the sponge, and then you just let it soak for a couple seconds and then tip it over and dump out the excess. And that's really all you have to do. So, uh, you know, uh, if you get, if you get a supply, it'll last forever. So you say like your reads have last, speaking of forever, um, you're getting absurd amount of time out of your reads. So it, I, I'm, I have trouble, you know, believing that two years, you still haven't bought reads. Well, I mean, I, a read will, will last instead of, you know, three hours of playtime, it'll last 30 hours. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've got, you know, well, 10 reads will, will last months and months. Wow. And believe me, I, you know, I had boxes of various reads lying around and now I just have been slowly going through the backlog and haven't had to buy a, a fresh box. Yeah, it, it's it's really entirely changed the way that uh, you know I view the instrument. It's it's sort of a plug and play. It's it's easily reusable. And I have a little story. So I was playing a a weekend gig with with a trio, and we were on a a really tight bandstand. And I was with this trombone player. I was doing a soprano sax solo, and the trombone player uh, clipped my tenor mouthpiece with with his slide. Mm-hmm. So in in the, and so, you know, there I am, had to put the soprano down and pick up the tenor and pick it up and, and play the rest of the piece. And basically it took me all of, you know, 10 seconds to swap a new tenor read on and it was instantly ready to go. Wow. So, you know, you don't, you've always got a read immediately ready to play and, and occasionally that's mission critical. Well, yeah, actually I just played a concert last weekend where, you know, in one hand I got my clarinet, um, and I got to, you know, somehow fish into my, my, my case, which is beside my chair for my read case, which then, you know, if you drop it on the floor, it's super loud. Um, you got, you don't want to keep it open because then the reads will dry out. But this one, actually, the way that they're situated, they'll kind of sit in their own humidity as it's attached to the, the stand right in front of you. Right. Oh, yes. And so you can pop one uh, onto your mouthpiece and it's ready to go. And with those color things, you can tell immediately, even from a distance, OK, I'm grabbing, you know, the red one. <laughs> Yes. So, yeah, it's just a really great design. I have to ask, do you think there's some benefit for using, well, first of all, when you were back having problems with your reads originally, did you try the plastic reads? Did they, was that considered an option for you or was it? uh, Yeah, absolutely. I tried, uh, I tried Legere reads and I mm -hmm. tried Fibrocell and I tried uh, something like Harry Houseman um, reads, I think was the name. And what I found is that they didn't, they didn't respond the way I was used to having a read respond. And I, mm-hmm. I really struggled with the Altissimo register with those, you know, with the plastic reads. So, yeah, I mean, they have their advantages. They, they, they can last a long time. But, again, I was, I've always played Kane, and I just couldn't, couldn't find a way to do that transition that I was happy with, with my sound and the, and the way the reads behaved. It always felt felt slightly wrong to me somehow. So, yeah, I mean, yes, I mean, I think it's a reasonable uh, alternative, but uh, for me, it just didn't resonate. 
<laughs> literally. Um, do do yeah, you exactly. think that there is any benefit to using the rejuvenate with plastic reeds? Um, let me think here. You know, I don't know. Well, it would keep them sterile. Okay. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's an advantage. Uh, that's I what I meant. Of course, they're not yeah. becoming humidified. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't. I don't think they'd last any longer. And, mm -hmm. it, you know, but, and I don't think it should break down the reeds. So I don't think they'd last any less. They would, would stay clean. Yes. I, I suppose it might be something that could be an advantage, but I, I've never thought of that. Well, the only disadvantage I could think is that it would make the stickers fall off potentially to be moist like that. Um, right. Right. But, uh, you know, the sterile thing, I, they can also be washed in soap and water. So that kind of removes the whole problem. But again, it's, it's a matter of remembering it. You, you mentioned earlier that, you know, you want to make it easy for students, but God, you almost want to make it more easy for professionals. They're sometimes the lazy ones. They're so busy doing stuff. They never go to wash their mouthpiece or whatever. Oh, exactly. And, and for people like me, I, I double, right? So I've yeah. got, I've got the four horns, I've got the soprano, the, the tenor, the alto and my clarinet. And I, I hate to say it, but there are times when I don't pull one of them out for a couple months on end, yeah. uh, because I just haven't had need to do so. And my practice time is limited. So, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's just nice to be able to, to go pick up the horn and you know, you've got a reed there that's ready to play and, and it, you know, it's going to be fine. So the, the thing about the colors too, though, you mentioned doubling it. Are you using it in a way that like, okay, I keep my alto reads in the black one and then my, you know, tenor reads in the, the, the orange one or how do you. Yeah, exactly. That's what I've done. We've got the, we've got two colors. Um, you can get rejuvenated in any color as long as it's orange or black. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I keep my alto reads in, in orange, in an orange case and my tenor reads in a black and my clarinet I've chosen black in part because uh, sometimes you got a more classical gig and you don't want this fluorescent orange thing up there, uh, you know, visible from the back row. So uh, I find that most clarinet players order black versions. Mm -hmm. um, and then most uh, saxophone players who have something to prove, I think, order orange. <laughs> <laughs> have you utilized the, the the opportunity for sort of the, the other two colors? Like you could have sort of an orange and black and a red or sorry, orange and black and black and orange version. Oh, swap the caps off yeah, yeah. I, i've i've never never thought of it that's actually a great idea yeah because i think the, people yeah. would like the not only the look but i mean you could have tenor sax alto sax bass clarinet clarinet right okay no that, that they're perfectly interchangeable the cases are identical in design it, it never occurred to me to do that uh, i may have to uh, run with that idea sean you got four uh, colors now <laughs> you know, we now have we have now four varieties and look at us making magic here on the podcast here <laughs> <laughs> turn two colors into four right away <laughs> I think that'd be a great idea because my first thought when I got these, because I've got one to try. And actually, this is a great time to mention there's one to give away, which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, but yeah, I was thinking that, you know, I do a lot of doubling myself. I've got an alto sax here, bass clarinet, you know, obviously clarinets. And um, I would like to have not only, you know, a red, sorry, I keep saying red, orange and black ones for my clarinet stuff. But, you know, I was thinking, how could I further differentiate? And, and that, that came to me a couple of days ago, so. Yeah, I don't know. Run with it. See if it's uh, of interest to people. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you. That's a great suggestion. So most of the listener questions that came in, thank you for those who submitted those. I have sort of managed to fit into the rest of the interview, but there's still one remaining. And that is, is there a way to manually control the humidity of the case other than by trial and error? So do you have a way to sort of measure the humidity inside there or before you add Listerine? Is there a way to determine this or is it just sort of too dependent on environment? Well, Listerine 
is consistent. Anywhere you get it in the world, it is absolutely the same formula. So that doesn't change from location. But but some places are more dry than others, and some players prefer to have a higher humidity of their reeds than others. So it is adjustable. Uh, the way that it would work, though, is you, you soak the sponge, and then uh, you pour off the excess Listerine, and you've got to basically try uh, a few options. So you can take your pencil uh, and the eraser end of the pencil and just squeeze down on that central sponge. So you can push it down and squeeze out a few more drops of Listerine and you can make that sponge more dry. And that will actually reduce the humidity of your reed. If you find that you like them a bit more crisp, uh, then you can do that. Uh, if you find they're, they're too dry and you want them more moist, you can make sure you fully soak the uh, sponge in the middle. So it is adjustable if you are concerned about minor variations in humidity. But with the, uh, with the Rejuvenate system, um, the humidity is, is sufficiently high to be able to play instantly. Uh, and, it, and it's basically an adjustment above that point where some people have preferences. So what does it end up being in there approximately? And is there a way to measure this? Yeah, we have a pretty expensive little machine with, um, and I've got a special one where I've, I've drilled through the case to allow me to insert the probe. And so the relative humidity uh, basically varies between about 70 to 100%. Hmm. And that's kind of perfect. I mean, the, I think there's other, some people use those Boveda packs, and I think that they're about 72% or something like that in their other cases. And that brings me to another question, actually. Do the rejuvenate cases, I mean, there are instances where people actually live in environments, I can't believe this in Calgary here, but they live in environments that are too wet, like they're really, really high humidity. And for example, with those Boveda packs, they actually take away some of that. Is there, does the sponge remove humidity from the air as well, or is it just adding humidity? I think it would just add humidity. We've never actually tested it the other way around. But I do have, uh, a, actually, Singapore is 100% humidity day and night. Mm -hmm. And I have people that are writing me telling me that they love it because their reeds were always going moldy. Yes. Uh, even even when they were, you know, basically put on a, a, a dry surface, they would still mold. And they're writing now because they're thrilled that their reeds aren't molding. So I think the alcohol and the sterilization aspect can be of benefit even to people that are in very, very high humidity environments. Well, and let's be honest, the reason the high humidity may be, because you, you mentioned that the wetting and the drying is bad for the reeds. So being at high humidity maybe isn't bad. Maybe it's the fact that, like you just said, that does lead to degradation from breakdowns from the fungus and all that that's on there. So as soon as you sterilize, the high humidity maybe isn't a problem anymore. Yeah, I think that's what's happening. But I, I've sold a lot in Singapore and I've been there twice. And believe me, it is it is humid in a way that I'm not used to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I mean, same with Calgary here. It's like, you know, in the winter, you struggle to get it up to about 20 percent. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Which is terrible. So um, one lucky listener is going to have the chance to win this uh, or one version of the uh, Rejuvenate, the black version. What would you say directly to the person who gets the chance to win this awesome prize? Okay, well, I guess, uh, you know, read the instructions, but it's a bit of a, a step away from the usual read case. So you have to know a few things. Uh, first of all, uh, you've got to keep that sponge in the center wet. It's a triangular sponge. Uh, keep it wet with original formula Listerine. So it has to be the, the yellow Listerine with alcohol. 
then when you put your reeds in, you don't put them all the way down. You just put them in and leave about a centimeter out so you can easily grab them. If you push them all the way down into the mechanism, uh, then you actually have to sort of fish them out and it can be a little cumbersome. So make sure you leave the butt of the uh, of the reed kind of waving in the breeze a little bit before you put the cap on. <laughs> And, and then finally, if you're using it, um, just, just put the cap on. It's meant to be on unless you're swapping reeds, and that'll, that'll make sure the Listerine doesn't all evaporate off and, and leave you with dry reeds that, that could be at risk. Yeah, I think you'll really love this product if you do get it. Do make sure to, and you know, for those who are interested in buying it, I should mention that it is available um, directly on the website, which is reedjuvenate.com. And uh, I'm looking into carrying these on Clarinet as well. We'll, we'll get back to you about that. Um, but do make sure to actually read the directions. I'm the kind of person who, you know, when I say I read the directions, I definitely do that with saying quotations in my hands. <laughs> I like to sort of just try stuff and fiddle with it. But um, if you do flip through those, it actually explains everything you need to about putting the reads in and using this thing. And once you get the hang of it, it is a really brilliant concept and design. So thanks, John, for coming up with such a cool product that's so useful. Well, th thank you, Sean. You, you've made my day. It's been great to talk to you. Yeah, it's been a ton of fun. So you can find it at rejuvenate.com. Is there anything where else we should follow you on social media or check out? Oh, well, we've got a Facebook page. And uh, if you're interested and some of your listeners might actually be oboe or bassoon uh, or English horn players, uh, there's a version for double reeds as well and and we it's it's a cumbersome name but we settled on it anyway we have a double rejuvenate which uh, the same principles all apply but it's just a different um physical uh construction to allow you to put three uh of your double reeds in the case do you know who brett pimentel is you know a smart man would but i'm sorry <laughs> i don't know the name he uh i think he listens to the show on a regular basis and he also was a guest at one time he actually uh i can't remember if he quadruples or sinktuples or something like that he plays like all the woodwind instruments i think uh, he'd be very interested in this i'm gonna i'll let him know about it after this but uh, yeah i think he plays flute clarinet bassoon oboe and the saxophones so, wow. Um, yeah. yeah, at a high level. So Well, I, I've played at Bassoon. I tried it twice and, and I realized that, you know, there are some things that I wasn't ever destined to do and I, I, I've left it alone since. Well, yeah, it takes doubling to a, a whole new level to do all that. So anyways, wow. no, this has been a fantastic product. Thank you so much for talking with me today. And I uh, really hope to make the, you know, super long trip up to Edmonton there one time and maybe we can meet in person. <laughs> oh, uh, happy to, uh, to meet anytime. And, and thanks for including me on your wonderful podcast. Thanks for listening to the Clarinet Podcast. For free content updates, coupons, and a chance to win giveaways mentioned on the show, please be sure to enter your email address at clarinet.com slash subscribe. The podcast is brought to you in part by the generous support of its listeners. If you'd like to learn how you can help out, please see clarinet.com slash support. Today's episode was brought to you by D'Addario Woodwinds. Sanding, shaping, balancing. For centuries, mastering your instrument meant mastering these crafts too. But now, D'Addario is refining craftsmanship for the 21st century by refining their reeds and mouthpieces with the world's most innovative techniques, so you can spend less time sanding, shaping, and balancing, and more time perfecting your own craft. 
To learn more about the new era of craftsmanship from Daddario Woodwinds, visit daddario.com woodwinds. <laughs>